Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the following on podcast. I'm TalkSport reporter Ollie Klink stepping in for John Norman, who's managed to lose his voice, which I have to say has been very welcome news inside the TalkSport offices. But anyway, I'm here to tell you what's coming up on another brilliant podcast. Today's show is a chance to listen to an exclusive interview that took place in Wellington on TalkSport's recent tour to New Zealand. In the end, we can all agree the Basin Reserve ended up being the location for one of the most memorable test matches of all time. New Zealand following on and then beating England by just one run. What an amazing game that was. But it's also the ground which saw Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad bowl together for the very first time back in 2008. And this interview took place two days before that thrilling test match back in February as they returned as England's two most successful bowlers ever. That match back in 2008 was also the moment that Matthew Hoggard's England career came to an end. Steve Harmison himself was also dropped from the team. Hoggard, though, would never play for England again, whereas Harmy bowed out the following year. He did get a chance to bowl alongside Jimmy and Brodie as England won the Ashes at the Oval in dramatic circumstances. This is a fantastic listen back to the careers of both Broad and Anderson as they stood on the boundary edge talking to one of the men they replaced. So without further ado, here is Steve Harmison in conversation with Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad. Well, Jimmy, Stuart, thanks for joining us on TalkSport. I suppose Wellington, we have to go back to 2008. Me and Hoggy got a tap on the shoulder off of the captain, Michael Vaughan, and said, we can't, you weren't very good in uh, Hamilton. Um, we can't keep these two young lads at B anymore. They're out, uh, you're out, they're in. What was your memories from that, and what was your memories from, from Wellington? Well, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to get to play at, for Auckland during that yeah. um, first test, so I'd actually got some bowling in. Um, and I think that really helped me... Like, feel confident going into that game it was a bit of a surprise to be honest to get the get the call up but um yeah I felt like I needed that game to to get me into some decent form and yeah it was a, a nice game to play in yeah I mean, I mean I felt like the pitch here I remember Jimmy swinging it first innings getting Fifer, um and for me as a young lad just trying to run in as hard as I can it felt like it bounced through okay here it did a little bit more than the first pitch at Hamilton which was quite slow and low wasn't it um but yeah, I just I remember feeling quite nervous getting this sort of tap on the shoulder the day before saying you're playing. Um, but 
you know, just just trying to go in with like a, a free spirit, really. And and uh, having made my debut three months earlier in Colombo, um, knowing that this pitch would probably suit me a little bit more than that part of the world. So yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I remember the game. I remember the feelings quite clearly. Jimmy actually twisted his ankle, didn't he, on on night one playing football, and had to get so went actually left the ground on crutches, um, not knowing if he was going to take part in the game, which would have been a nightmare. But um, yeah, good memories getting a getting a win in a in a test match and actually ended up winning that series two one, I think, which was from memory the last time we'd won a test match in New Zealand, um, coming on to Mount Monganui. You're a bit older, Jim. Did you feel as though it was it was like changing of the guard? That was you and Stuart really going to take over and, and move everything forward? Because you had, in the last sort of 30-odd years, you had Gaddick in golf, and then me and Oggy for a, you know, quite a while. And then, because you were around then, but then now, was that the moment where you thought, right, this is, this is definitely our time? No, I didn't think that. I, I was thinking there's not many more chances I can get, because I've been in and out for quite a few years. And I don't think either of us thought that it'd be a start of a partnership or something that we can build on. We, we were just trying to take that opportunity that we've been given. Um, bowl as well as you can, because like I said, you don't, you don't know when you're going to get um, another chance. So that's all I thought in my head was like, try and bowl as well as I can. Um, you know, I think the, the, the fact that the coach and captain had given us the responsibility after, as you said, you, you and Hoggy had been there for, for a number of years doing that job. So to... to leave you two out and bring us in it gave us a bit of confidence thinking that they trusted in us um, so I think that helped as well but yeah I don't, I don't think we'd ever dream of achieving what we have even back then and 15 years on thousand wickets between years is that an, a, is that an achievement you're going to probably look back when you it's another one of them tick on the on the list that when we're done it'll, it'll look a lot better but there's been some amazing highs and yeah the odd low but what can you sort of talk about the amazing highs of the two years have done over the course of the last 15 years yeah, I think the the thing that probably rings true to both of us, obviously nice to take a thousand wickets together, but to have something like that in a test match win is is what it's all about. I think we there's no doubt that when you play for England the, the best memories that have, that you have are within the changing room when you've won a test match and you're all together and you know that you've gone through um so much to get to that point of winning and um, whether as a bowler you've had a spell or uh, you know, got a key batter out throughout that test match to to help in that um, in that style, but both Jim and I, have, you know, we don't care about wickets in losses. They mean nothing because we haven't done our job properly, uh, and we haven't aided the team, changed momentum in the game well enough to to get the team over the line. So, uh, to to get an achievement, to get a milestone like that in a Test match win, always means means a lot more. And um, just been playing part of this group at the moment it, it's pretty special isn't it what we're going through just uh, the the man management within the setup of Baz and Stokesy and uh, the the mindset within the group it is very much about how can you influence and the change of momentum of the game and stamp a positive intent on the game rather than if you go and take seven for or get 150 they're sort of those sort of milestones aren't talked about massively in the change room it's the impact you could have you could get 15 with the bat but that 15 could have just shifted the momentum for the team and that's the thing that they'll talk about at the end of the day so it's quite refreshing knowing that you know the probably the last year Jimmy and I haven't once talked about economy rates never you know we've sort of built our careers on economy rates really particularly under Straussy that was his mantra as a captain he wanted everyone going under three and over um, the freedom just to run in knowing that if you go for a boundary it's probably clapped because you know that that might open up another drive the next ball that might get nicked um, just to hunt wickets at all times and 
uh, yeah, there's certain different styles of being able to do that, but uh, the, you, you don't feel any guilt for going to the boundary. It's it's very much like prefer you to go to the boundary than get a wicket rather than bowl five millions on the bounce. And the two years as a as, you know, as a partnership together, how important is it you get on? You know, I've mentioned and a lot of this sort of conversations being round of partnerships and having your your man at the other end. I mean, I mean Huggy, are still best mates now to this day off the field how is important that the two years get on and when does a hard conversation come in you feel as though you can have that with each other mm-hmm. yeah we have plenty of hard conversations I think the, the best thing is um, being able to be completely blunt on or off the field mainly on the field I think when you you can we're both sort of perfectionists I guess and you, you, you can get hard on yourself and getting the other one to snap out of it and focus on the job at hand I think is really important and sometimes you know younger guys might not be able to approach us in that way or might not think they can uh, and tell us to just you know snap out of it if I'm being a bit too grumpy or something Brody can just say it as it is and, and you know I take it on the chin and vice versa you know how many times has he done that to you knowing as I do the grumpiness you can get to how many times has he done that to you if we've, well it's definitely over a thousand <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that it is important. I think it's a bonus that we get on off the field as well. Um, you know, as you said, you and Hoggy are still mates now. Me and Brody will still be mates um, when we're finished. We'll still be playing golf together and, and um, just you know, I I'm looking forward to that. The sort of reminiscing of, of the places we've been, the things we've achieved. I think that'll be nice. But um, uh, when we're done, um, but now at, at the minute, I think it's. What's work, working really well for us is still pushing us. You know, the age that we're at, we're both at, we, people might, may think we're coming towards the end, but I think we're still driving each other. We're still driving our standards up. up. We still think we can get better as players. Um, so I think that really is a uh, something that's, that's helping both of us. And we both know each other technically better than ourselves probably you know I know I know stood at mid on I can tell exactly Jimmy's stride pattern how his front arm's moving what length he's trying to bowl and sometimes it's much easier to tell someone what you're seeing rather than feeling it yourself because when you're bowling the over you're so focused on what the bat is doing and what length it's right to Kane Williamson and should you be trying to move the ball away and you might just have forgotten about the shorter stride pattern or actually increasing your speed when you get to the stumps so we're both we're both quite um, well really good at being able to say what we see and it doesn't mean that that bowler then has to take it on and change but actually sharing that sort of information all the time it only takes a little thing sometimes for someone to strike in a rhythm and get moving Um, and also little things like you know if you bowl and get a drop catch in the slips it can take you a couple of balls to get over that whereas we'll come up to each other straight away just like let's forget about that you know you can't do anything about it keep bowling that same ball keep your intent um you know I think we're quite good at talking to each other when you're not bowling almost a more important role is when you're not bowling getting that that person focused through the through the spell and that's something we're trying to feed back and do throughout the whole bowling group because you know when when Jimmy and I aren't around and don't play it's so important that a bowling attack talk all the time you're not if you're three seamers three and a spinner, you're not three individuals. You, you, you've got to get ten wickets as a, as a group, and it's so much easier when you're just bouncing off each other all the time. You talked about you know, how good you, you are together, but who was the influences, not only coming into the game, but over the course of this 15-year great partnership? Who were the sort of main influences on the both of you um, during that time? Um, I, I think, I don't want to speak for Brody, but I'm pretty sure that he'll say... The two 
coaches that had the biggest impact um, from a bowling point of view were Otis Gibson and David Saker. Um, I think they, we, we got them at a time where we knew our actions and stuff. We didn't need to do much technical work. What they brought was was ideas and game plans and thinking about the game in a certain way and trying to take wickets um, and how to do it. And I think that just really helped us. It, you know, we, we've always been thinking cricketers, but it just it always helps when you. you know, same with with Baz at the minute. He's he just he's just thinking about the game the whole time, and coming up with ideas, and it makes you then maybe think outside the box a little bit as well. Um, so I think those those two guys and Peter Moores as well from from a coaching point of view I think for me was you know he was the guy here in 2008 who gave me, gave me that chance along with Vaughan, um uh, as captain. Um, so I think yeah those those are the three big influences for me. Nothing more to add on that. Absolutely spot on for me. You're talking about raising the bar and where it can go, and there's also talk about natural from a retirement point of view, and I, and I will see, and I'll keep bringing Hoggy into it. If you look at my body and Hoggy's body now, the way they are, you've got to keep bowling, you've got to keep going as much as you possibly can. Um, what does what does it make Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson keep trying to raise the bar? Because about two years ago, I got frustrated when people were saying succession and succession plans. This look for two years, where you two were bowling as best as have ever bowled. Um, what makes you drive both of you to raise the bar that just that little bit more every single time you go on the field? I think we've both got a very natural competitive spirit. I think we, you know, neither of us, uh, I think we train to play, don't we? I wouldn't say either of us in training are like absolutely buzzing bowling all the time. We're doing things to make sure that when we step on the field, we're ready to go. But both get a ball in our hand against test opening batters and both of us just fire up. We just we just it really gives both of us a buzz and an excitement. And for me I've you know, I, I the particularly the last year I've just said I'm just gonna attack each week not look too far ahead you know I think in English cricket in the past we've got in this habit of always getting obsessed with the future all the time what's coming next what's coming next so I sort of made a pact with myself last year that I'm just going to look at each week as a separate entity if I'm lucky enough to get picked um, give my heart and soul charge in give everything try and love the week try and enjoy every experience of it have a few few beers and celebrate a win if we possibly can uh, and then put that to bed and, and focus on the next one. I, mean, I think that's really helped me with energy every week so I'm not, I'm not thinking about saving myself for anything. I know that I can just put everything into to each match for Nottinghamshire and each match for England um, and, and not look too far ahead. And I think you know, it means that I'm not getting... My focus is not being drawn anywhere else apart from what's happening this week and um, I think that's made my focus actually fire in um, and driven me forward in the last year I think from just knocking on from that and there's a lot of talk about partnerships and do you, the, the amount of time you've played in the game do you think the landscape's changing because there's been you know, two opening bowlers talked about for the last sort of 30-40 years from an England point of view but because of the the, tw- the test matches are getting sort of shorter in, in sort of times in between is it about bowling groups in a bowling unit Ben Stokes said your, your record will never be beaten and I don't think anybody will come within 600 wickets of it but is it about the next sort of four bowlers as opposed to the next two bowlers with Test cricket going the way it's going? Yeah, I, I think, well, you, you can't have enough bowlers to be honest. I think we're fortunate at the minute that we've got uh, the group that we have. We've got Ollie Stone and, and Matt Potts with us at the moment. Um, we've got Jofra who's back fit, Mark Wood who hopefully both will be around for the Ashes in the summer. So that feels like a really strong group and there will naturally be injuries and um, things that will mean that we have to chop and change that attack. But I think the more 
players you've got around there, the better. And I think you know you, you look at Ollie Robinson at the minute, the experience that he's gaining, um, the way he's bowling. You know, he, he feels like for me someone who can lead this attack going forward for for a number of years uh, if he keeps working the way he is. Um, so I think it's you know having us two around, I think has helped that experience around to to help these guys through, show you, show them what it takes to, to not just play a test match, but recover from a test match. Like you just said, there's short periods of time in between each game, three days between the last game and this one. Uh, how do you recover and get yourself right to then play in the next test and keep your standards high all the way through? Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, I mean, in five test match series that we play a few of, you don't just use three seamers. You need, a, you need everyone to be ready to go and ready, and ready to fire. And actually, everyone knowing the style of cricket you're playing as a bowling group, particularly because our mentality at the moment is never about economy rate. It's always about getting the extra fielder into a catching position, sometimes bowling with fields that you just see like seven slips and a short leg and no fine leg. And if you've not witnessed that or you're not clear on that being a plan and you have a ball in, ball in your hand in a test match, it could phase you a little bit. So it's about getting bowlers around the group and, and accepting that's our style of play. That's how we want to approach it. Getting used to Stokesy as captain and, and building a, an armory of fast bowlers that are ready to go because uh, you, you know we're, we've got some great momentum as a team and we're taking 20 wickets touch wood pretty regularly as a bowling group as well whether that's been in Pakistan back in England and last week in Mount Monganui um, that's coming from a full belief from everyone and a full direction of knowing what we're doing. Look how Leach has developed in the past year. You know, bowling with fielders up a lot and suddenly getting caught in the catches in the ring and catches at mid-off. Um, whereas he'd sort of got, you know, he was, he'd be the first to admit he'd got in a habit of putting fielders on the boundary a lot and then he'd just get knocked around. So uh, it's a really ultra-attacking mindset um, and you, you sort of don't want the first time you bowl uh, with this ultra-attacking mindset to be in a test match. So it's, it's sort of getting people around the group and getting people ready to, to know what style of cricket we're going to play. And finally, you've mentioned momentum. You've got a lot of momentum going in. That five-letter word, ashes, round the corner. How much are you looking forward to one more crack at them at home? Yeah, well, I think everyone's just enjoying being around this group at the moment. You know, what we've achieved in the last sort of 
probably almost 12 months now uh, is incredible. You know, we've got a, an amazing atmosphere in the dressing room. Guys are hungry to do well. Um, you know, sitting down after the the game in Taranga that, as a group, just realizing how special it is to what we, are, you know, how we've played that week, how we've played for the last few months. You know, it's, it is incredibly special. So obviously, that, yeah, there's nothing bigger for for an English player than the Ashes. So we're um, absolutely buzzing for it. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of time to go before that. So I think it's as Broadie's touched on. It's about just looking after now. Like, look, let's try and build some more, more momentum this week. Try and keep playing the way we are, have been. Um, keep trying to get better uh, all the time, uh, and then hopefully we can hit the, the summer. You know, it's not. Uh, it's quite early on in the summer, so we've not got much time uh, after this before that. So it's. Um, yeah, it's just really exciting. Hopefully, we can uh, give it a good crack. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's no better series to be a part of as a, as an English cricketer. Uh, and for me, just looking from when you try and step back away from the team, looking from the outside, you could look at it as one of the most exciting Ashes since arguably 05. You know, I think the way that both teams are playing, um, it'll be, it's going to be a, an incredible battle. But one thing within our group, a, I've not heard the Ashes mentioned once within our group it's not been a focus at all uh, and neither like we don't judge ourselves on results I know that sounds ridiculous because we are in a results driven business but we you know we we're very much about our style we're about entertaining as long people have you know come a long way to New Zealand and bought tickets to watch us play we want them to leave the day's play going wow this team's so fun to watch and almost if we tick off that as our group if we've entertained that in that day then we're happy let alone if we've lost 10 wickets or conceded 300 runs as long as we're entertaining and if we keep that mindset going forward it's pretty exciting for the summer I think well, On behalf of TalkSport, Jim Stuart, thanks very much and we wish you well not just for this week but for the Ashes as well. Cheers Tommy. Thanks, thanks mate. mate Lovely stuff. Big thanks to both Brody and Jimmy for that and there'll be plenty more to come from Harmy. He's back on Tuesday alongside Neil Manthorpe in the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 as well as back here on the following on podcast. But for now, that's it. I'm off to make John Norman a honey and ginger tea. Hopefully that improves his voice and I'll be back here next week too. Hope you've enjoyed the show for now and goodbye.